0: I'm Sarah.
1: And I'm Stacy Joe. We are... Those Weirdos from
0: Michigan.
1: We are weirdos, yeah, that's
0: right. We'll help you see the darkness in the light. Us weirdos are back from our week off. We are revamped. And... We are still going to be talking all paranormal, all true crime, but we're going to give you a little treat for your mind at the end of each episode, light and dark. So stay tuned, and I will give you the podcast now.
1: Sit back. Relax until you can listen to those weirdos from Michigan. And we're back, we're back in action and so excited because we missed you guys.
0: We missed you so much.
1: How was your week, sis? I am dying to know.
0: Okay. I'm not going to tell you all about my week because it wasn't that eventful, but I'm going to tell you what happened today at the salon. Okay. Because I have a client. She's going to start listening to us. I downloaded Spotify for her on her phone <laughs> and put those weirdos from Michigan. Man, I screwed up our title too. Man, I'm a, I'm a haunt mess today.
1: A haunt mess. Yes.
0: And then- she kind of wanted to know what happened with my next client. And this is what happened. This little girl, her name was Isabel, no joke. She was five or six years old, comes into the salon and has a round hairbrush stuck in her hair. <laughs> just stuck. I don't even know how she did it. I asked her what the point of this was. Because you know how I am with kids. I'm just like, "What? why did you do this? Why? Yes. And she goes, well, I wanted curls in my hair. And I wanted to be just like Elsa. And I was like, oh my gosh. And your name's Isabel. <laughs> it gets better. I get this pick out, right? And I start picking through the little comb areas yeah. to try to get her Hair out of this hairbrush, and I get up as far as I can without trying to make it super, super short and start cutting away at this hairbrush. Finally, get the freaking hairbrush out of her hair 30 minutes later. The mom was like, You can just throw it away. And I'm like, Cool, cool. I'm going to throw it away because there's no way you're going to be able to ever use this hairbrush again. There's no way to get this hair out, blah, blah, blah. And I start cutting her hair. But it takes me about another 20 minutes to even get a brush through her hair because she had toothpaste in it. She had, like, old candy in it. She had food from last week in it. And it was snarly, snarly, snarly. There was cotton balls in it. I swear. It was just, (laughs) (laughs) it was like I was doing my niece's hair. And
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yep. That sounds like my daughter. My youngest. It totally sounds like Izzy. The
0: mom was like, do you want me to brush her hair for you? And I was just like, no, no. But I was thinking in my head, well, it would have been nice if you kind of brushed her hair before she even came in. And the mom's like, well, can you maybe do a little trim on her hair, too? And I'm like, OK, what's a little trim? And she goes, oh, I want like eight inches off of it. That's not a trim, guys. Okay, if you go to a salon and you say you want a trim, that's about a half inch. If you want a haircut, eight inches off of it. That is called a haircut. Anyways, it takes me a whole hour to do her hair because I decided I was going to make her look like Elsa. I was making her all of her dreams come true. So as soon as I got her haircut. And her bangs done because she needed bangs after all. Because the, the hairbrush wasn't stuck in the back of her head. It was stuck in the front of her head. <laughs> so I had to give her bangs. Yes. Oh, boy. So I gave her Elsa hair. And I go, all right. But wait, we're not done. I have to go get some snow for your hair. And she was like, snow? And I'm like, yes. So I got the sparkle can. And I sprayed it all over her hair. And I go, okay, when you get home, I want you to sing, let it go on the top of your lungs for me. <laughs> <laughs> Little bit, hey, girl, live it up type thing. Yes. And so that's my story and I'm sticking to it. How was your week?
1: My week went okay. Emma went in for her MRI. She was sick for a couple of days after that. We were pretty good for most of the week. But then... Yesterday happened, and that was fantabulous. Yesterday was our dad's birthday. This guy, man, I'll tell you what, he will fall asleep anywhere. So he wants to go to Saucy Dogs. We go to Saucy Dogs, which is bomb diggity, by the way. I love Saucy Dogs in Jonesville.
0: I've still never been there.
1: It's so good. I asked dad, I'm like, do you want to go see a movie? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we can go see a movie. And I go, okay, well, you're going to go see the Batman.
0: So, with there's a the new Batman out already? Yes. Okay, I didn't know if it came out yet or not.
1: Yes. And it was awesome. It has Robert Patton in it.
0: Patton?
1: Pattons. I don't know how pa- to say that. name.
0: <laughs> Patt-
1: the guy t- from Twilight. What,
0: can we just call you Fonzie? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm just not going to say your last name, Robert P.
0: (laughs) So how was he in it? I'm a little curious. He was
1: so good in that movie. Was he? Yes.
0: I still got sparkly vampire in my brain and I'm trying to figure him out as Batman. Like, I don't. I didn't know how that was going to work out.
1: It worked out. (laughs) (laughs) It totally worked out. I know that you love Superman, but you know Batman is my guy.
0: No, I don't get it.
1: (sighs) I love Batman.
0: The only superpower he has is that he's rich.
1: Maybe, but (laughs) (laughs) he's still Batman. (laughs) Yes, I
0: guess. Whatever. That's always the excuse. That's the only excuse anybody can come up with is that he's Batman.
1: He doesn't need superpowers to kick ass because he's got all of his little gadgets and stuff.
0: All right. Well, when I'm rich, I'm going to be Batman. How do you feel about that?
1: As long as I can be Catwoman.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. You you would make a sexy Catwoman, let me tell you. Well, thanks, yo. (laughs) I think I
1: would, too. I would love to have a little whip in a leather suit. That'd be so fun. (laughs) With some cat ears and a cat tail. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You've been a bad boy, Batman. Oh, wait. No. No, no, no. That won't work out. You're my sister. (laughs)
1: That took a really weird turn. Really.
0: I forgot I was Batman. Now I'm really uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) I'm a little. (laughs) Now I know where your mind went. Boy, is that twisted shit.
0: <laughs> Come on. That's funny. I don't care who you
1: are. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Lordy. Oh, we're off to a great start with <laughs> yes. our people are like, oh, man. Well, anyway, I didn't finish the story about dad. Old man gets in there. Okay. We go and we sit down. You know, we're at we're going to see the 945 show. You know, we sit down in the the theater and we kick back. You know, we're all like, you know, they've got recliners in there now. So we're just like chilling. And 15 minutes pass by. Nobody is in the theater. Nobody. Okay. I'm like, Dad, nobody's coming in the theater. I hope maybe we went to the right show because it said 10 o'clock on the wall when we walked in. We were at the 945 show, so I was thinking, oh, maybe they just give you some time, whatever. We go in, sit down, whatever. 15 minutes go by, and we start seeing a dog song. Uh-oh. We we, <laughs> we were in the wrong show, okay? Got tickets for Batman in the wrong show. I'm like, um, Dad, this... this he goes, Yeah, this doesn't look like Batman, Stace. I'm like, Well, it looked like there was a poster of Batman in front of it, like before we walked in. And he's like, So we get up <laughs> with 15 minutes into the movie of Batman and we walk in. We're like the stray dogs walking in to this movie and we sit down. All of a sudden, I hear right next to me,
0: Seriously. Oh it's God. dad. <laughs> and I'm like,
1: "Dude, dad." I was like kind of, you know, hitting him a little bit. I was like, "Dad, wake up." <laughs> <laughs> You're snoring entirely way too loud right now.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Dad wakes up. He's like, "Oh, oh." oh, oh, oh.
0: I'm sorry
1: oh my god I'm dying you know trying to hold my shit together and I'm really hoping I don't laugh way too loud because I just got on him for snoring but that shit was funny (laughs) and embarrassing
0: were there people staring at him
1: (laughs) a little bit And and the chick behind me is like
0: Guy snoring. Oh my
1: god, that is so horrifying. <laughs> it, was. it was. I'm like, I just can't take this guy nowhere. He falls asleep everywhere.
0: Poor guy's so tired.
1: He is. He's whipped, and he was so excited to go out for his birthday, you know. And then <laughs> I'm like, Dad, you're you're tearing the damn paint off the wall, man. <laughs> yeah he cracks me up. So that was my daddy daughter date. That was fun and embarrassing, but fun. and well he it's always a story with him always. <laughs> never a dull moment. And it's just him being him not purposely trying to be funny, but it's him being him,
0: <laughs> yeah, which is even better, honestly
1: and we died on the way home talking about dad's like it was just the rain in the Batman movie it did me (laughs) it was
0: so calming oh my gosh it was so calming so did he miss the whole movie then
1: no he only missed like maybe 10 minutes of it All right. (laughs) he liked it though good it wasn't because it was boring it's because listen this guy works his ass off never a moment for him so that concludes my shit for the week
0: Today, Sis has an excellent story. She's going to do Aileen Warnos, and I'm going to do Hell's Bridge in Michigan. And what we're going to be talking about anxiety and mindset-wise is excuses. And we actually have a way to tie it in with everything. So go ahead, stay tuned. We will have that at the end of the episode. But if you just want to listen to the true crime paranormal stuff, that's first.
1: Absolutely. I'm so excited for this turnaround.
0: I know. Me too. I just like that it's going to give people a light at the end of the tunnel. can always turn whatever negative, doesn't matter how dark it is, into some kind of message for people. Yes.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yes. Even though we had such a awkward moment in the beginning of our podcast, <laughs> <laughs> we... I promise we have a lot of insight and advice and good stuff for you guys too. Absolutely. Trigger
1: warning to be aware—you don't want to get caught in your underwear. Aileen Warnos, thanks for railroading my ass, society. Those were the last words from Aileen Lee Warnos. The day before her execution. So thanks for railroading my ass society.
0: That's an excuse. Remember that.
1: That's an excuse. Who is Aileen Lee Warrenos? Well, if you haven't heard of her, she was convicted of killing seven men. She is an American serial killer. Lee was born February 29th, 1956 in Rochester, Michigan. Her story caught national attention to things such as the relationship between gender and violence and the legalities of acts of self-defense by women. Lee grew up in an abusive home. Her parents split up before she was born, and her father spent some time in mental institutions for child molestation. When Lee was four years old, She and her brother were sent to live with their grandparents. Lee got pregnant as a teenager and spent time at home for unmarried mothers. Then was forced to put her baby up for adoption. She then dropped out of school and decided prostitution was a way to make money.
0: Wow. Nope. Nope, nope. Nope, nope, nope.
1: This is where excuses get you. Yes. Lee was busted in 1974 and put in jail for driving while intoxicated and for firing a gun from a moving vehicle.
0: Hmm, I've been intoxicated before and I've never said, hmm, it's a good idea to shoot a gun outside a window. It's like, hey, look at me. Look at me.
1: Don't mess with me, bitches. I'm crazy.
0: Society my ass.
1: Yeah, no kidding. She had been arrested countless times on charges such as armed robbery, check forgery, and auto theft. She became a drifter in the 1980s, making men believe she was a hitchhiking prostitute. She killed seven middle-aged men and left their bodies along highways of Florida and southern Georgia. Maybe eight, but no one is completely sure about that one.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Who knows? There might have been more. They just don't know about them yet. She ended up pleading guilty later to three more murders and admitted to killing for profit and not self defense. So she did admit it later.
0: Okay, see, we had this conversation earlier. I said, hey, is it going to, was it self defense though? You remember that?
1: Yeah. So these are Lee's victims Richard Mallory. This was Lee's first victim. He owned a shop. In 1989, Richard met his fate when the 51-year-old white male picked up a sex worker along I-75 in Florida to have a little sexual pleasure. A Volusa County officer found his body a few miles away from his empty car. Richard had been shot several times in his chest. Lee's next fic was David Spears. He was a construction worker. His naked body was found June 1st, 1990 in Citrus County. He was shot six times in his torso. David was 43 years old. Wow. A few days later, after David's body was found, Lee's next Vic, Charles Karskettin. I'm probably going to murder this one, too. Karskettin.
0: Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I believe you
1: Charles C's body was found in Pasco County He was a rodeo worker He was shot nine times in the chest And in the stomach He was 40 years old The next Vic's name was Troy Burress. His body was found by the Marion County Police on August 4th 1990 He was a 50 year old salesman his body was pretty much decomposed, but the medical examiner was able to see that he was in fact shot two times in his torso. The next victim was Charles Dick Humphreys. He was a retired Air Force major, police chief, and Florida child abuse investigator. He was found dead on September 12, 1990, in Marion County. He was apparently found fully clothed and was shot several times in the head and torso. His car was found abandoned in Suwanee County. The next victim was Peter Seams. He was 65. His car was found in Orange Springs on July 4th, 1990. His body was never found, but witnesses saw and described two women near the car in Orange Springs. Lee's final victim that we know of was Walter Antonio. He was 62. His body was found November 19th, 1990 in a remote part of Dixie County. He was shot four times in the back of the head. His car was found five days later in Brevard County. A little more on Lee. Lee's mother abandoned her. And her brother when they were little. Some childhood friends said Lee's grandfather beat her and her grandma and and her grandma was an alcoholic. Lee started giving sexual favors for money, beer, and cigarettes at a very young age of 11. 11 years old.
0: So that's all she knew.
1: Yeah. Yeah. At 14, her grandparents kicked her out of their house soon after she had her first child and only child. Lee's brother died from cancer in the early 1980s. She moved to Florida to become a sex worker. It was then she seemed to get into trouble with them boys in blue and for being a sex worker and for all her various other crimes. Her criminal record was a long list by 1991, Everyone who knew Lee described her as erratic and quick to anger. Almost all of her arrest records noted attitude poor. In 1986, Lee met a woman named Tyria Moore at a local bar in Daytona Beach, Florida. They discovered they really loved each other and decided to become intensely romantically involved. The relationship came to a halt just before Lee's last arrest in 1991. Tyria and Lee worked together to steal and sell those things to Florida pawn shops during the murder investigations. The County Police discovered Rich Mallory's belongings at a local pawn shop with a receipt showing Lee's thumbprint. This wouldn't be the only belongings of Mallory's that the police would find. A camera for Mallory's car was found inside a rented warehouse unit, which was opened with a key police had taken from Lee. Tyria Moore had gotten suspicious in 1990, even fully aware of her girlfriend's actions. Moore left her and moved in with her family in Pennsylvania. Lee, in the mid-1970s, married a very wealthy man named Louis Fell but Fell became aware that Lee married him for his money. Lee was arrested in another altercation, and the marriage was annulled shortly after. After spending 12 years on death row, Lee begged to be put to death as soon as possible, so they did on October 9th, 2002. She claimed to be excited to walk with Jesus.
0: Wow. She had high hopes. I'll give her that. I got high hopes. <laughs> there are a lot of people that are brought up bad. Yes. And there's a lot of people that turn their life around.
1: Absolutely.
0: So she just had a really bad mind in that aspect.
1: Yeah. she
0: Instead of going and getting help, which she could have. Around the 80s, that would have been available to her. Yeah. But she decided to go a different route.
1: I don't think she had the education either.
0: The trust wasn't there for anybody, and I get that. I just feel like if there was a different person in her life that could have turned her around, she could have. Right. But there wasn't. No. It was an excuse, definitely. You can make excuses all day long.
1: There are actually three shows on Arlene Warnos. The first one's Monster. The second one is uh, Aileen Warnos. I don't know, some documentary. If you look up Aileen Warnos, you'll find it like on Netflix or, you know, Prime. It's a big thing right now. People are watching it. I watched all three, but I can't really for the life of me remember what they are now. <laughs> I know Monster was one of them.
0: Yeah, monster. I um I watched that a long time ago, but I couldn't tell ya. And I don't even think I watched the whole movie. I think I just watched bits and parts of it when it was on TV.
1: It has uh Charlize Theron in it.
0: She looks rough in that movie. That had to have been hard to make her look that rough.
1: She looks like Aileen Warnos. So it it worked out. I mean, that was pretty identical. They couldn't have done that any better.
0: Right. And she's an amazing actress, too. So.
1: Oh, yeah. I like Charlie's yeah. Theron.
0: I feel bad for the one guy that was actually a good person. He was trying to help families with abused children, and he still was a victim of hers, unfortunately. <laughs> so mine is out of Rockford, Michigan. In the eighteen
1: hundreds.
0: This little town was actually it was discovered by the Hopewell Native Americans, Ottawa tribe. Their trails were discovered by a man named Smith Lapham in 1843. In this town, there has been reported demon possession and child murders. 1845, there was only five houses in Laphamville. And in 1865, Grand Rapids and the Railroad Company ran a railroad northbound through the tiny village. The Railroad Company didn't love the long name of Lappinville, so the new resident of Lappinville from Rockford, Illinois, decided, hey, why don't we name it Rockford, Michigan? And so it got voted on, and it became Rockford in 1866 when it was officially named Rockford, it inhibited 316 people about now there was a guy that was a teacher in that town named elias frisk there's actually a frisk road in Rockford, michigan and frisk's family farm was supposedly on this road some people call this a legend. The historian there said there was no such bridge of what I'm going to be talking about, the Hell's Bridge, originally. But I'm going to get to that. Here's the legend. In 1800s, children from the town started to disappear. And all the town's folks were like, well, shit, you know, we better get a search party going. So... They did that, and they ended up leaving the remaining children with Elias Frisk. Now, Frisk was an old man, and he was a respectable guy in the town. He was a teacher. People loved him. So he was not looked at as a main suspect. And so that's why they trusted this man to leave leave their children with. Big mistake. Because the parents of the non-missing children that let Frisk watch over them, went off in another direction. And Elias supposedly tied all the kids up in a line with a rope and went the complete opposite direction down the river from where the search party was at. And he walked them to this tree and then he tied them to this tree and killed them one by one and threw them in the river.
1: Yeah, not the type of guy you should probably leave with your kids.
0: Yeah, but they didn't know. They didn't know. He was an old guy. How did he have all this energy? Who knows? He was a teacher. He loved children, apparently. And, you know, that they just thought they were, they were safe. So, meanwhile, the parents started seeing bodies floating down the river in the opposite direction of where they were. A mass of people that Saw this, ran up the river, found all of their children that they left with Frisk murdered and found in other missing kids in a shallow grave. They hunted down Elias with the rope that he left behind and it was left by the crime scene. When they found Elias, he begged and pleaded for his life, saying that the devil made him do it. The townspeople didn't care and they hung him anyway and they hung him on the same tree that he killed the children at. Supposedly they can still hear the screams of the kids at midnight on Hell's Bridge that still remains. Now that's the legend. I watched a few videos on YouTube and one was with Lakeshore Paranormal and Michigander Man was in it, our boy,
1: Nice.
0: And they found a lot of activity in this spot. They actually did a spirit box session, and it said all of their names in the spirit box and told them to stop and cut it out. At one point, they had two EMF readers, different levels. Mm -hmm. The higher one was not reading at all, and the lower one was reading really high. And so the investigator at that spot asked if there was, like, a little girl. And the spirit box replied, yes. And she was like, yeah, I thought so. So she asked what the name was of the little girl. And the box replied, Deb. Other spirit voices that came through the box was Mary, Afterlife, Daughter. And then there was, like, some disembodied voices. You'll see... There was a growl, there was a lot of cussing, and then there was mother that came out of the disembodied voices. I will link that YouTube video down below. Um, They walked in one part of the woods and the energy completely changed. They all got chills. They all got goosebumps. That was the men. The girl, however, got really, really warm and hot. It was like they walked into a portal because everything went quiet. The girl also got touched quite a bit, and it was on her arm, and she also felt really sick, and she swears that she saw a tall shadow with a cloak in the corner of her eye. One of the guys saw his breath, and it got so cold, and they filmed this in the middle of August in Michigan, so you know it's hot. Yeah. Supposedly, if you stand on the bridge at midnight, all sorts of things happen, and this team of investigators had the balls to do it. They asked if somebody was out here, can you tell me your name? There was a disembodied voice that said, ow. (laughs) Ow. Yeah, there was a growl right at midnight, and then they heard mom. They saw a couple orbs, and at midnight... They heard on the spirit box it's midnight that's enough leave behind you and teacher Hmm. so that sounds really familiar sounds like it's Elias he was a teacher he didn't want him there and then the person goes oh you don't want me here which is one of the investigators and the voice said true get out of here wow and then there was a couple voices they heard help, and they felt cold, and they felt chest pains a lot when this happened. There was another video I watched. When they investigated, it was very similar to the one I watched on Lake Shore Paranormal, and they're not linked up in any way. And they also felt a lot of chills. And my dog's barking, so I'm sorry if you hear that in the background, but it is what it is. He won't shut up. They felt chills, and they felt like something was behind them, which the other investigators said that a lot. I feel like there's something behind me. And they were also not welcome. They were hushed a lot when they asked questions. And both videos claimed to see a dark shadow in the same spot. Hmm. The main guy got scratches, and they were like deep scratches on his neck. And when they went out, it was like in the middle of October. Mm -hmm. So he had all this gear up, you know, like around his neck, like scarves and stuff, mm-hmm. and he was like covered. And then all of a sudden, he had these fresh scratches on his neck. This was after he called the spirit a pussy. Oh, boy. Camera also died, and they weren't able to film as much. As, that's what they said. Or it's they just didn't want to stay till midnight. I don't know. I wouldn't blame them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, when the camera died, it was when they asked Elias if he killed seven children in that same very spot. Yeah, kind of crazy, right?
1: Yeah, that's creepy. That gave me chills.
0: I know. I was kind of getting chills too when I was watching the videos, but it was really cool. I was having fun.
1: Your story gave me the heebie-jeebie joys.
0: I know, they gave me the heebie-jeebie joys. (laughs) So I'll link those two YouTube videos down below if you want to go check them out. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. Like, subscribe, comment, all that stuff. And that was the findings I found on Hell's Bridge. Go ahead and choose to believe the legend if you want to. There was an interesting thing about the bridge, though. I actually brought it up in the beginning. Uh, There was a concrete bridge underneath the wire bridge that they have up there now. And the investigator was like, no, it looks like there was a bridge here. I don't know what the historian, it was in the middle of the woods. So I don't know if they would actually have records on a bridge way back in the 1800s that had no relevance to them back then. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a huge bridge. It was just like a walk across bridge to get to the other side of the, the river. I don't know. Maybe it was just never documented, but it did look like there was cement underneath the bridge that is there now. So I don't know. Hmm. But I feel like between Elias and Aline or Lee, is it a, I, why did I think it was Eileen.
1: Because I did Eileen Warnos as my last story.
0: (laughs) I know, but you kept calling her Lee.
1: Oh, because her nickname is Lee.
0: Okay. All right. Between Eileen and Elias. Wow. Say that 10 times fast. There is a lesson to be learned here. I think we will always automatically blame someone or something for what we feel guilty about. Elias begged not to be hung because he claimed the devil made him do it. Now, I believe in supernatural forces. Absolutely. But I also believe if you make your mind as strong as it can be, it will be harder for such supernatural forces to get through.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And they won't be able to seep in and take over. But I... I also believe that Eileen's excuse could have been prevented as well. She, she said she was railroaded by society. She didn't learn. She did refused to learn. And she didn't grow. And instead, she just decided to stay in her little box of excuses. And she decided her way was the highway. And society and people suck. So fuck them and fuck everyone who gets in my way. Type person. Yes. And I think there's a lot of people out there like that, Mm -hmm. especially. And the the only reason why I am qualified to know something like this is because I've been doing hair for 17 years. I've been dealing with people for 17 years. Mm -hmm. And I have seen if people watch the news all the time and they're consistently watching bad stuff, they're going to filter that through their brain and that's all they're going to think about. That's all they're surrounding themselves with. Your brain only filters like 200 thoughts at a time. Mm -hmm. And if you're surrounding yourself with negativity all the time, that is what you're going to get in your brain. I can understand why these people took these paths and I can understand why this happened but I also know that you yourself can prevent something like this from happening and you can always grow and you can always be a better person. Excuses are like assholes. Everyone has them and they all stink.
1: Yes. And I even talk about this a little bit on revealing your manifestation. You guys need to go over there and check that out too.
0: And we'll probably dive deeper into this too. Also on her podcast, this is just a little teaser and i always want to give you guys some kind of hope at the end of each podcast cuz everything we do is pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> and we have we have dark humor so we are going to laugh at some stuff. We always feel like there's something to laugh about mm-hmm. even if it's in the darkest realms of the earth. Yeah. We would probably go to hell laughing. We are those type of people. Yeah. We want to give you guys some value. We want to give you some inspiration for the week. So I hope that helps you. I want to know if you would have ended up taking the wrong path if you were in their shoes. What would you have done? Would you have gone that way? Or do you think maybe you would have learned and tried to grow as a person?
1: Well, I would definitely try to grow as a person. I mean, myself.
0: If our listeners want to let us know, that would be awesome. No one is to blame but yourself if you decide to take the wrong path. And I'm not trying to be an asshole here. It's just there. there's a lot of truth to what I'm saying. And I've actually read a lot of books. And I've listened to a lot of podcasts on the subject. I'm not the only one that said this. And you are more than your excuses. And you are more than your limited beliefs. So the takeaways here are... Don't be like Elias and Eileen. It gets you a ticket to nowhere but down. Yeah. You are more than your excuses and limited beliefs. And you got to learn to live outside your box. No matter how uncomfortable it is. Because nothing happens in your comfort zone. Like Stacey said, we will talk more about this on her podcast. Reveiling your manifestation. Get your dose. Get your dose of law of attraction. And get your dose of managing your anxiety. Learn how to grow yourself and attract more of what you want out of life.
1: Yes. Share us with all your weird buddies and non-weird buddies. I don't care. Share it with somebody.
0: If they need a little pick-me-up and they like the dark and light, share it with them. Yes. We will have all links down below. If you are wanting more and you want to grow with us, please follow and subscribe to all of our free content and goodies we have for you. And next week, we will be talking about...
1: I will be talking about Eloise.
0: Yes, and I'm going to be talking about an interview with my brother on Eloise. And I'm going to talk about how we can handle mental health when it seems like the world is against us. So remember to stay weird.
1: Seeds can only grow in darkness.
0: And stars can only shine in darkness.
1: Until next time.
0: Yes, go out there and be a light for someone this week.
1: Shine bright, guys. Shine bright like a diamond. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So listen to, yeah, listen to
0: Those weirdos from Michigan